Hello and welcome. Today I am joined by Chris Jenkins, who many of you may recognise, who's a sports physiotherapist with extensive experience in rugby. And Chris, I believe also you said you've got some Champions League experience. <laughs> I've got I've got some rugby players that say you always mention that it was a, a one game one game Champions League a lot of football physios can't say they've had that experience but yeah Barrytown eight 0 against FC Porter we'll get into that <laughs> <laughs> well let's 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 hear more about that one now then so at that, what what year was that that was the two thousand one two season I was you know again. If we skip our little newly qualified, putting ourselves about, me and a few friends, uh, you know, willing to, to 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 get involved in any aspect of sports physiotherapy at that time alongside our NHS work. And um, I think uh, we knew the physio as well. And just unfortunately, as it is in football, you know, got fired, change of guard and stuff like that. Uh, and they just did that uh, as probably usual uh, back at that time. Uh, planning of, of of management changes, uh, realised that they'd sacked the the medical team just as they were starting their Champions League qualifying uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, playoffs. So uh, yeah, with Barry Town at the time, you know, having won the Welsh League uh, and being the champions of their league, they they got the chance and a crack at qualifying for uh, Champions League. So I mean, my friend Tim Gallagher, who I trained with in, in Cardiff University um we do a lot of things together and we both said yeah okay we'll do it we'll work it together uh amongst our other around our other uh our roles uh so we shared that role and um flipped a coin and he went off to FC Shamka in Azerbaijan uh for the first round uh, we both did the home games together uh, uh and they they won it they got through um uh, and because he did that, he he, he kind of honoured our agreement. Whoever did the first one, they get the next game away. Uh, <laughs> I got FC Porto away, <laughs> uh, and I and I was literally a year qualified, and uh, I, that was my first ever kind of Mike Bassett England manager moment. Uh, we're, we're we're five nil down at half time, and you know. Uh, we've got, you know, a striker that's that's worth, you know, our most expensive player was worth probably, I don't know, 300, 400,000, something like that. And this was Deco, which I think was probably about eight or nine million at the time. This is 2000, 2001. Uh, yeah, one, two. Uh, <laughs> and at half time, we're five nil down. And I'm there, you know, trying to to look at one of the players in the change rings while the, while the coach is going absolutely mental. I mean, I don't know what he was expecting. You know, against Porto, but he was just—he he lost his shit, and it probably not the best thing for the boys during that time. But at that moment in time, and um, and he kicked a plastic, a, a water bottle, and it bounced off my head. Get out! Of the room. Like, don't do my job here. I just ignored him and carried on. But yeah, he carried on throwing stuff around, and stuff like that, and that meant then that they only conceded three goals in the in the second half. So it was probably uh, job done. You know, had some, yeah. <laughs> but the interesting thing was, is then the away game, uh, after that, they weren't too concerned about us. They sent their under-20s, basically, and um, we beat them 2-1. So 9-2 on aggregate to, the, <laughs> on aggregate to them. So they, but yeah, so we had, the, we had that win over FC Portland. So yeah, it was, that was my, yeah, that was my last 
kind of foray in, into into football. It's been kind of that's, rugby that's and other collision sports ever since. Yeah. Was that <laughs> um, so was, was Mourinho the manager then? Yes. Uh, oh, yes, I think he was. Yes. Yeah. God, yeah. Amazing. So it was, yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Interesting. Interesting period of time. Yeah, no, I can imagine. So yeah, so that thank you for the the highlights. We'll definitely be putting a clip of that one out. <laughs> <laughs> but where, where are you? Um, where are you speaking from now? So yeah, I'm speaking from Newport. I'm born and bred in uh, Newport, Wales. Uh, um, and yeah, I've been I've moved around a little bit in my career. Um, I've been living in Wales, lived in Bristol, Gloucester, London, and then yeah, kind of. Dragons then brought me back to Wales, and I've kind of been here uh, ever since. Little little kind of uh, period of time in, in in London after after Dragons, and then then I was based here for the past four or five years with the Russian rugby job because um, I never lived out in Russia. Um, we uh, we we were based uh, based here and just flew out for for camps because that was the same for where the where the camp was in in Russia players in, within Russia were flying six to eight hours in on plane so we flew in you know four to six hours uh, on plane so everyone was coming to, to Sochi down south which is the only kind of year-round warm weather kind of location that you you could do rugby because everywhere else is um, you know minus 30 minus 40 you'd have heard stories of, of, of Connaught's trip many many years ago when Connaught won the uh, Pro 12 or Pro 14 uh, it was after a very eventful pre-season or, or trip. I think it was pre-season or uh, Challenge Cup trip early on to um, to uh, Siberia, and, and their plane kind of froze over, and they got stuck there for four or five days in, in Russia. The team apparently bonded over that experience, and and they won the league that year. So, uh, the, 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 yeah, it's a, a very interesting country for, for and a challenge for to. To play rugby in that country as well and, and try to you know work with the seasons mm, so they got to have yeah. it. They, they divide the league into two they got a, a local league and they've got a their elite league and they have to do it in, in in sections related to the weather um otherwise yeah they, they just can't play because of the conditions yeah so how did you end up in russia then we're, we're kind of skipping forward but that's fine it's all is that all right? I mean, uh, it's we can fine. Go back we, free, one, you know? free flow. No, no. Let's do. We're talking about Russia. Let's go straight into it. Yeah. So, um, oh god, but I've, to, I've got to go back to go forward. So let's go um, back then. Should we go back and start from the beginning? Yeah, let's go back. Yeah, because 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 my head coach at Russia, I developed very good relationships with uh, through my time at Dragons and, and London Welsh. So there's a link there, which uh, so skipping sure. to the end would be. Uh, oh. Uh, so, we'll come back to um, that then. So, just in terms of then for starting out in this area in sports medicine, yeah. how did that how did that come about? But I, I think as a child, like with you, many stories, you know, I was in, I wasn't I wasn't more of an endomorph, more of a heavier child, but I enjoyed that. You know, uh, I had a crack at rugby. I wasn't very good at it. I was a prop, and uh, uh, I was better at martial arts and actually better at football kicking than I was with my hands. I was better with my feet than I was with my hands. So football and, and martial arts was my thing, but I was doing all this and 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 developed Osgood Sclater's disease in my knee. That's 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 my kind of first connection with with physios and sports physios, and had a bit of an unsuccessful um, 
interaction with the NHS at the time, which was unfortunate because it, it you know, it can be a very, very uh, positive place and some great individuals working there, but I just didn't have that great interaction with the GP at, at the time and, and, and the physios that I met. Uh, and and um, uh, and my mum was very good. We didn't come from a very rich family, but my mum said, right, we'll, we'll take you for a private appointment. So, you know, if we're going to spend some money, we're going to go somewhere good. They took me to the Welsh Institute of Sport, Wiz, and I saw... Dean Conway, who's a physio, who's who's who's, who's uh, still you know uh, doing the rounds, and I think he's up in Scotland now. Uh, he's always been involved heavily with, with cricket uh, and his his own company, which I think is Compression CRX. I think he's involved with that. Um, and uh, yeah, just basically said, going to change a few things. You carry on what you're doing. You you know, look, it basically taught me my first principles of load management. And you know, uh, okay. You, you know, you're doing four sports, you need to drop one or 1.5 and, and then you can carry on doing the others you want to do and that pain's going to, you know, as you go through this growth spurt, it's going to sort itself out. We just need to manage your load. Here's some different things you can do, some exercises, some self-treatments. And I was like, wow. Uh, and, and because of the taekwondo and the martial arts, which is probably where I was heading towards, I was already interested in the training, the flexibility, all that side of things. I was interested in the anatomy and how to, you know, get into the splits and, and what muscles I was stretching. And, and um, that kind of then started me thinking, well, very early on, about 15, 16, you know, is this a, a job and career option? And and um, and uh, uh, I started, you know, looking towards that route and, um my dad, who's been a, and we have been, you know, before regional rugby existed, we were very loyal, uh, one eyed monster, um, Newport, Newport fans, uh, when, when Newport was, you know, extremely successful back in the day before, before regional rugby, unfortunately. Uh, and um, he was friendly with the team doctor, Dr. Robert Davis, who's passed away now. And 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 with that link, got me in to do some work experience under Mike Delahaye, who was the physio at the time. And that, and that kind of gave me that that first interaction then with, within team sports was back in 1995. Um, and then I was like, right, this is what I want to do. I kind of went, uh, probably about 16, 17. Um, uh, A-levels were tough, challenging, and... Um, uh, I, I didn't quite get the predicted grades, so I didn't get any offers. Um, and then I got the grades, and then uh, it was like, shit. Um, what do I, what do I do now? You start, you know, UCAS clearing and, and calling around frantically, and um, and Manchester. A couple of the ones that uh, I I'd applied to responded to me and said, look. Yeah, if you've got the grades, you know, uh, we're interested. So I was, I was about, I was planning to head off to Manchester for an interview, and I was planning to do that the following day, frantic day of clearing, trying to call as many unis as possible. And I thought, right, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm off to Manchester for an interview in the afternoon, booking the train and stuff like that. And uh, and then uh, Cardiff Physiotherapy School University just called up and said, uh, yeah, you got the grades. Do you want the place or not? We just didn't like your predicted grades, but do you want the place or not? I was like. It was a one in three kind of uh, I think I was the final three for an interview in, in Manchester or, or that that place and I decided I didn't take the risk uh, and just just got straight into to Cardiff University then so that's 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 where I started my physiotherapy journey an early sports physiotherapy journey right via Newport rugby and uh, so yeah 
Yeah. Do you, do you remember what it was when you went into the dressing room or the medical room that made you think this is what I want to do? I remember it being a very fun environment and they must have been a 15 year old, 16 year old boy in the room, but it, it was very welcoming. Uh, it was fun. They were uh, this this guy was this physio was working on them and, and, and trying to figure out what was going on, that problem solving, that clinical reasoning, which, which I obviously later realised was clinical reasoning, but problem solving, testing this, testing that, looking at various muscles and tendons and palpating it and explaining it to me. Uh, and he said, is that it there? Yes, that's it there. And did some treatment. And it, it all seemed quite, you know, uh, like this detective work for the Sherlock Holmes, for the, for the, for, for the, uh, for the human body. And that was just really interesting and, and and the injuries that were being brought in and and then seeing them do the hands-on and then do the physical rehabilitation and and I just couldn't envisage uh you know necessarily being at a desk or doing lots of uh huge amounts of you know writing or computer work I I, I said well people get paid to do that that's why I asked my parents and they said yeah they do and I just you know obviously I was going to be going down that type of of that route and that profession. I, I was very lucky uh, to find that. I, I might have come later on, or, or may never have come at all if I hadn't been exposed to those those early. But it was just it's it just seemed seemed great, seemed fun. I mean, I probably hadn't been exposed to any other many other work environments at that age, but I was just it, it just it was interesting. It got my attention, and I, I was. zone when I was going to get with it you know yeah yeah and then so when you were at Cardiff then how did you find the course was it straight away you're into it or did you have any reservations um I think I, I was you know I was I was 18 I was a young 18 year old because my birthday is in July so I was, I was one of the later you know later kids of the year to get to age 19 so I was, I was, I was very young going in but I was I was I felt like I was in the right place. There was a good group of guys and girls. Uh, and yeah, I think it's hard. I think you, I just, I just went hundred percent into it. And, 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 and I suppose you just, um, you don't know what all the options are out there. You know, if you look back, if you were you know, 20 years later, you could look back in time, look at all the different options, you know, I just, it's just exciting. I think the variety, the the anatomy, the practical sessions, and I think that's why I like working in sport is just because of the, the the change in environment. You know, you do some report and you do some diagnostics. You go to the gym, do some rehab, you're onto the field, you're dealing with some injuries, and just that constant change. And, and and the degree was like that as well. It wasn't just you know lecture, 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 lecture. You know, writing assignments, sitting exams. There was that that variety and it seemed like every day was was different um and then you're at a placement and I and I think and what I've realized in life is, is that I like that variety and that's why I'm doing about six or seven different things now which is a challenge spinning plates sometimes but it, it keeps me um motivated uh, and I like and, and I like that um and I say at the same time again you know you're going into that 
pure academic kind of anatomy physiology and it was early on in the first year and I, and I did feel that you know not that I wanted to rush the process but I wanted to continue sports experience so on the side um, some of the third year students one of them uh, was Chris Towers and he's still head of sports medicine at the Ospreys uh, head of physio and sports medicine at the Ospreys there was a, a few third year students Ben Searle, who again has worked with Wales, Dragons and, and other teams, they were in the third year. They were working with Cardiff High School Old Boys in Whitchurch, just volunteering with, with uh, Andrew Seary, who was a local physio, had been uh, a Wales A physio previously. Uh, and he basically took on some two or three students every year, come down, volunteer. So right from the, the get-go, we were alongside my degree. We were watching and observing a, a sports physiotherapist do taping, strapping, diagnostics, working with rugby players. So they kind of, and I did that over the course of the three-year degree, um, you know, uh, if, if placements allowed it and they weren't too far away and I could still go on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings. We just kind of kept that alongside. And I think that kept me um, in the real world of where I was going to be going and heading alongside the that educational journey. So, uh, yeah, I... I it, it it felt right, and I, and I think it must. I'm 23 years, 23 years down the line now. I still enjoy being a physiotherapist. The challenges are now is is family life and other things. You know, uh, you know, I have to be a little bit more. You know, uh, manage my time and 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 my energy uh, amongst work and 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 family. But yeah, I kind of just it felt right, and it still feels right. So I was very lucky that I found that career really. Mm. And then, so what, through, through, when you... through, through, through that lump on my knee, basically, through that, that Oscar Slatter's <laughs> knee kind of uh, has, has got me to where I am, really. Yeah, no, that is that is, that is amazing. You've, you've made the most of it. And so when you would finished your degree, then did you have things lined up via the, those placements and and um, experiences you'd had? Yeah, it was, I think, very early on in my career. I mean, I think some people are very, initially, some people are very, and, and now I see um, graduates coming through and they've got this exact plan. And I I probably didn't. I knew areas that I'd like to work in and, and what I'd like to do, but I, I enjoyed that kind of journey. And, and, and back then, again, we're heavily encouraged to get our NHS experience. Uh, and, and actually, I, I really enjoyed that I actually got a job in the Royal Gwent Hospital the hospital I was born in so I was kind of very you know Newport Cardiff back to Newport but I was still living in Cardiff and and and, and maintain my contacts in in Cardiff in the evenings with regards to the sports side of things and, and the people from the university uh, that I met so yeah probably two years in the NHS and still trying to do amateur sports then Tuesdays Thursdays and and, and, and uh, evenings and, and, and weekends so yeah I did all my rotations all the core rotations and then progressed on to my senior I, I, I knew I wanted to get into musculoskeletal and specialise down that route so I was able to get um, static senior two posts after about 18 months um, because one of the surgeons was setting up a, a day case orthopaedic foot and ankle uh, surgery clinic and he was looking for someone to do that so I shared my time with that and then a static um, uh, musculoskeletal uh, caseload 
um, because I got on well with him. He kind of asked me if I wanted to do that and uh, asked my bosses. And so we kind of went off down that route. And alongside that, that's that's where the, you know, um, the the Barry Town and all that was going on in the in the background around whatever holidays I could take and stuff like that. And we were given leave for certain uh, certain events and um, and 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 having done that three years uh, at Cardiff High School, old boys volunteering, it really kind of boosted me. And I went, you know, started doing a lot more independent stuff than when I first first qualified and and managed then to. to to get a job at uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays, looking after UIC Rugby, which is now Cardiff Met. Um, and that was my first kind of, um, first year of independent rugby as a physiotherapist with no 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 mentor kind of in there, kind of running the service again with my my friend, uh, Tim Gallagher, who um, who I did the, the Barrytown work with. Uh, and that was my first exposure to, it's interesting, Within that team, we were looking after uh, Kevin Barron was the coach who's, who'd done a lot with with Wales, uh, and been a head coach at, at Wales, and um, he's gone on to do a lot of work uh, in the elite coaching unit in, in the RFU. Uh, so there was there was interactions with a lot of different people. Uh, Ryan Jones was an 18 year old who went on to be the the Welsh captain. Uh, Rodri Williams, who was one of the the players, one of the centres, he, he's the WRU uh, at the time. He he's now the WRU kind of lead academy S and C coach. Ryan Harris was one of the the back rows who I was looking after. They were all kind of a similar age to me, you know. Within I was only about 21, 21, 22. Uh, Ryan Harris then uh, I worked with him as his physio in two thousand one two, and then two thousand fourteen. We're working together at the Dragons. He's the head S&C coach, uh, and I'm the head physio. Kind of, you know, 12, 13 years later. So there's a lot of connections I made in in Wales before I moved away uh, with a lot of players. Danny Wilson, who was a was a hooker uh, and just just about finished his masters at um, at UIC. Danny Wilson was a, a hooker, uh, and then he happened to be my head coach at London Welsh. Um, kind of eight years later um and obviously he went off then to to be the head coach of cardiff blues glasgow warriors i think he's just uh, in scotland so i went to so i met up with him in, in the world cup in 2019 so there was lots of links that i made early on in newick that later on down the line i'd end up working with him in full-time professional rugby so that was my first major exposure uh to rugby and 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 that bit of American football, bit of cricket. We're just doing a bit of everything around the NHS. And I, I did that for a while. I moved to New Zealand, uh, locum there for for a year. And and then, you know, the, which was a, a fantastic opportunity uh, to take and, and to do. And I had a great time and nearly stayed. Um, but kind of, I knew I wanted to get into sport and I came back and, um, you know, I think I was trying to knock on a lot of doors and, and, and I wasn't getting much, much, much success. You know, uh, I think it's quite at the time it was quite, you know, tightly knit, small, really small medical units. I mean, maybe one or two physios and, and they got these jobs and they were staying them in for a long time. There wasn't many changes and, and many opportunities um, for me in particular in Wales at the time. And um, uh, 
I, I, I moved around and moved to Gloucester to do some work there and uh, as a static musculoskeletal um, physio, uh, still trying to, you know, build my sports physiotherapy profile in, in, the, in, the, in the kind of, in my own time. And, and yeah, it just, I reached this kind of, this plateau uh, and there was a key, there was two key moments and I think my career just went woof and, and changed completely. I, I uh, the first moment was um, while I was at Gloucester Royal Hospital, I was involved, since I was involved with a lot of in-service trainings and, and, and uh, CBD across, uh, um, across the trust. And um, the trust at the time was very heavily, I'm not sure, how many different physiotherapy approaches that you may be aware of, but it was something called uh, McKenzie, which is a particular type of um, spinal uh, approach to, to treatment. And, and the trust was inundated and, and, and the, the chief of musculoskeletal at the time uh, was in, in charge of the UK McKenzie Society. And basically they, they said, this is how we're going to treat all spines. And um, and I completely disagreed because I just felt that there was a lack of true rehabilitation, strength condition. To cut a long story short, um, in a trust-wide in-service, uh, uh, I, I completely argued. Uh, mine was the final presentation of the afternoon, alternative approaches to spinal care, because uh, it had been McKenzie all, all afternoon. Uh, and um, I basically presented all the evidence against McKenzie for chronic spinal care, uh, and I got... Uh, uh, into major arguments in the room, uh, pulled into disciplinaries, work, verbal warnings, disciplinaries, and and I just I went down at that time. I was I was in a bit of a, a bad and a bit of a dark place, and um, I just felt like it was a bit of a rut. It was two thousand six, six years qualified, not really getting into to what I wanted to get into, and. That was a catalyst for change, you know, and, and and I spoke to, I reached out to a few old mentors, Andrew Siri, different, a few different people I'd come across, uh, and they just said, just take a leap of faith. Um, and the second catalyst was I, I went for, uh, I, around about the same time, I thought, right, went for an English Institute of Sports job, um, which was the GB Taekwondo job. Now I had a background in Taekwondo. I got to second down in black belt and, and, and achieved quite a, you know, won a few competitions at, at British level at 18, 19, 20. And so I had like a, a, a yeah, probably a 15, 20 year history related to that sport because uh, I'd done it since I was like eight years old. Um, and, but not a lot of, experience in elite sports. I was going for the head uh, physiotherapy post and, and I went to the interview um, and it was challenging interview and, 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 I, and I got called back for the second interview um, and there's all sorts of practical elements to it and, and I didn't get the job and um, I got some feedback and then later I found out who got the job and the, the guy that got the job was an Australian called um, David Joyce. Now David Joyce is a very famous uh, physiotherapist he's got some uh big books and uh he's had some high you know high level roles throughout uh throughout the world since that time um and he and they basically said well he had his sports physiotherapy masters and he had a bit more experience and i thought right that's it 
and I just quit the NHS job, basically applied for my sports physiotherapy, sports physiotherapy masters. I was trying to figure out where am I going to go do this? And I just wanted to get out of Wales, get away, just have a break. And 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 um, the one in London in, in UCL, which then transferred to Kings, uh, that just that stood out to me. And 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 from doing that, that's when my career just went took off from that point. Mm. So how did that manifest itself then? Uh, we, 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 I moved to London, I moved to uh, a shade with a, a flat shade in a dodgy part of Lewisham uh, with uh, with uh, this nice Irish physio who was working at Guy's and St Thomas's at the time and uh, uh, I went full time because that was kind of more my mindset. Uh, I, I take my hats off and I applaud anyone that can do part-time PhDs or part-time masters around, uh, you know, full-time work and stuff like that. It's, 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 uh, yeah. I don't think I'd have been able to have done that. So I went flat, flat out into it and just took the loans and so on. And uh, and and it was a, it was a really good course. It was well established in UCL. They just transferred to KCL, so it was the first year it was at KCL. Um, and there was lots of very good pure sciences and academic stuff but at the same time for a master's it was a full-time master's it was it was something like 20 hours per week so there wasn't many masters like that in the UK so it was full on and and all the additional work as well uh on top of that uh but I'd had quite a few friends and colleagues again my my colleague that I graduated with Tim Garver, he was he was working in London. He'd done a bit of chart and athletic, and he had a few links with a few teams there. Um, so you you managed to get me in just to start, you know, uh, visiting a few teams alongside the the master's degree, and um, started making a few contacts. Uh, and uh, one of the contacts I made because I needed some money while I was there. I started working at a clinic called Physio for Life in Putney, which is a very big sports physiotherapy and sport medicine clinic there. Mark Saunders was uh, was the owner and, and he had links and had done some cover work at, at London Welsh Rugby Club. So I was coming towards the end of my master's degree and, and it was a great master's degree. I made a lot of contacts. Uh, like I said, one of the um, one of your previous uh, interviewees, John Fern, he, he taught on the course. So he did a good couple of days rehab block with us, uh, rehab in football and, uh, you know, elite sport return to play uh and, and there was lots of other contacts i forgot his name now uh, uh at the time andy oh, anyway he was he was he was in, in charge of of tennis over at roehampton so we had lots of uh, as well as the the course itself we had lots of these kind of day day trips to, to different facilities and and ones that i created myself so just got just met a lot of made a lot of contacts which i wasn't really making it in, in wales it was harder to do in wales there was just so many football rugby club sports going on as it is in london um and and and, and london welsh were in national one um and they were you know semi-professional um and they had a couple of physios on a rotation uh in the morning, this at the other, uh, in the evenings, and 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 they were looking to go full time uh, for the first time in the 2008-9 season and make a go at it and see if they could attack the the, the championship and 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 uh, 
the championship had just just started at that point. Actually, sorry, it was the year before the national leagues, the year before the RFU championship started, and they decided they wanted to, to attack and go for the premiership, um, and they were going to go full time, uh, a very small full time uh, coaching team, but a, a full time squad. Uh, where at least you know 80, 90 percent of the players were in full time training, uh, and the physios um, they 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 didn't want to continue. They didn't want to give up their day jobs or whatever they were doing. They put it to advert. Um, but I I got introduced by Mark Saunders of Physio for Life. Uh, introduced, went down there a few times, and then and then took the interview and and yeah, got the job. It was kind of. Uh, my first full-time role in sport was was the head physiotherapist for for London Welsh. When I say head physiotherapist, I was the only physiotherapist. <laughs> it was you know two coaches, one SC coach, one physiotherapist, the head physiotherapist, self-titled. Um, uh, you know, part-time kit man, and and that was it. And um, um, Danny Wilson was the head coach. He'd been the hooker at Cardiff Met, Uick, uh, where I'd worked with him before. So that was the first time, you know, uh, something like eight years later that I kind of um, reunited with a player that I was a former physio to uh, back in the day. And, and and he took over and he'd come as a, he'd come from a professional environment, he'd come from Cardiff Blues uh, as the forwards coach. And it was his first head coach role alongside my first kind of head physio role. Everyone was kind of in their first head S&C role. So we kind of really just uh, um, were, you know, having a go at it for the first time together as a group, uh, but then, you know, heavily supported to uh, to reach out. Uh, the good thing about, again, about being where we were in, in, in Richmond and, and Twickenham, we were close to so many different... Um, different teams um so we had really good links and shared a lot of links with harlequins and with um london irish over in sunbury so we you know we'd come from richmond and go and train and share training facility like go over you know every couple of weeks to london irish and, and train against them and the boys would say the getting the pumping and the scrum and in training was worth it for the for the lovely food spread that they had afterwards at <laughs> london irish so that gave us connections, the coaches' connections with their coaches and, and me connections with the, the medical team over there uh, at the time. I think um, yeah, Declan Lynch, uh, who went on to work with Arsenal. Uh, Kerry Parnham, who's, who's, who's worked at Bath and Wasps. There's was, there was, there was people that, um, you know, um, uh, that we, we got connected to. Colin Fuller, who, who went on to, to be the Irish physio and, and work in sports surgery clinic in Dublin. There's lots of connections that we started to, to learn from, sharing information, sharing knowledge. And that was important because I was on my own in that department without a head, you know, being the head and, and no one below me. I, I reached out to various people and um, Richard Bamford, who was the, he was the head physio at Harlequins at the time. Um, he was very supportive as well and, and i used to you know drain him of his of his knowledge on on, on how to run and manage a, a medical team and um he 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 was a big early influence um and he'd just taken over that role so around that time you know key moments in rugby and sports medicine that was around the time the bloodgate um 
uh, scenario at the Harlequin. So um, his boss had been involved with that, unfortunately. And, uh, uh, you know, seeing that experience and, and, and everything that, that he went through kind of, you know, guided me in my early career about, you know, trying to make, um, uh, you know, good decisions by the players and by the profession of physiotherapy because ultimately uh, uh, ultimately your boss is is the HCPC which which is what puts you reg puts you on the register and 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 you serve them first uh, followed by whoever your employer is at a rugby club or or so so there was some lessons learned from him and his experience of that and uh, which which was an early influence for me in my career um but it was yeah um a bit of a a wild journey then with with london welsh over those years it, it, i was there between 2008 and 2014 and during that time we 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 saw the highs and the lows we you know after my first year we we pretty much almost went into administration and then we were bought out by what turned out to be an East End crook, uh, Neil Hollins head. You can read about all this in the papers and stuff like that. I think he managed to fake a, a check for 1.5 million uh, pounds and secure the, the 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 deeds to the club and and, and fool the RFU uh, uh, in the process and, and, and took us on this kind of uh, wild journey, bringing all these players in and spending money on all sorts, bringing coaches in and, uh, and um, yeah, we, 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 we saw some early successes with London Welsh. We, you know, in my second season, we beat in Exeter. In my second season, it was the first year of the championship in 2009-10. And, and uh, that was the year that Exeter uh, got promoted from the English championship up to the, the premiership. And they've never come back down since. But we managed to win against them. And we were kind of always third, fourth place, knocking on the doors, always in the, in the playoffs for uh, promotion. But... Generally, what would happen is you know, Newcastle or Worcester or whatever team was at the top of the, the um, at the bottom of the English Premiership would come down and they bounce back up, and that's that's what would always always tend to happen. Um, and uh, we yeah we went through coaches after Danny, you know the, the people that you meet and along the way we had quite a few coaches in a, in a short period of time uh phil green in who was uh, an england hooker and um british lion uh came in to assist danny and then danny left for a new job with the scarlets and and he took over uh phil green took over london welsh and and, and brought in mike friday of, of 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 usa sevens uh fame so they took over then and and, and again uh we just had this you know we never season where we're just semi-finals playoffs and just just didn't make it and that happened a couple of seasons of so it was three seat yeah three seasons in a row playoffs didn't make it playoffs to make players didn't make it um uh, and i was thinking it's time to move on i've been there for you know three four years you know uh, and um a couple of job interviews come up um one at wasps i, I didn't get that unfortunately um and then the dragons first time I'd, I'd got in touch with the dragons and they offered me uh not a head role but a, a second uh second position role senior position role um and i was just 
not sure what to do. And all of a sudden, uh, a key figure in my career uh, walks into my life. Uh, and, and that person is a coach, very famous coach named Lynn Jones. Uh, now, Lynn Jones, who's, uh, uh, you know, who's a boss, uh, a colleague, and, and, and I could say, you know, a good friend to this point, he, he had a major... <laughs> major influence on my career going forwards then we we just we had a bit of a journey you know uh across those years and 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 he said chris nice to meet you and he, he's well known for being uh he's got a, one of these kind of beautiful minds when it comes to games to seeing rugby and, and and seeing the game and was ahead of his time um and it's probably still the most successful regional coach to date with regards to uh medals and silverware um because uh, he was at the ospreys for i think it was seven six seven years something like that um yeah from when they started till um 2009 or something like that and, and still the most successful uh regional coach today uh, and he said chris you know yeah you can go there wasps is good dragons is good but um I promise you we're going to be going to the English Premiership next year. I'm going to win the championship and uh, I'm going to take you to the English Premiership. So if you want to stay on this journey with me, then that would be very much appreciated. And it's just the way he said it. And I was like, okay, confidence. The, but he said it and, and it was a smile and a cheeky smile on his face and it's looking, I'm thinking, and everyone seemed to be, you know, he'd make everyone laugh around him, uh, from you know, smallest child fans to the to the CEOs to the players. It was just constant entertainment, and I, and 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 I was like, and I just you, you know when you click with someone, um, I I thought, okay, well, why not? Let's, let's let's give it a go. Let's give it a whirl. And then we had a bit of a. Yeah, just a whirlwind of a year. It was just a very, very different environment, uh, uh, full of, you know, hard work, you know, highs and lows, but uh, uh, done in the in the Lynn Jones fashion and and that motivational fashion. He could raise players when they're at their lowest and 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 get them to leave the room extremely high, and he could do the same to the staff as well. And again, with you know, we weren't the richest club in the championship, uh, and very you know, got history with money with all the um things that were going on uh you know eventually the Welsh taking back control of the club after that uh, the neil hollins head fella had uh had illegally kind of gained control of the club uh we found you know just this 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 happy place uh and, and that year again we finished fourth in the championship so uh and, and bristol finished at the top um, with Cornish Pirates and Bedford there as well in the mix, and um, we 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 somehow and Lynn was really trying to Bristol had this kind of you know this air of um, power about them, and um, uh, he just managed to convince the players that they were beatable and they were beatable, and. Um, we we beat them across the two semi-finals and then we found ourselves in the final with, with Cornish Pirates. Um, and the belief was there then, and it was just, you know, it'd be the first time where we'd, we'd got past that semi-final point. 
and on the kind of in the build-up to the game there was lots of talk and there is always lots of talk and same with Elin and other teams now about you know does the team fit the credentials and the criteria to be promoted to the to the English Premiership and on the eve of our two-legged uh, final against Cornish Pirates um, they released in the in the media that London Welsh cannot get promoted this year um, they do not fit the criteria so uh, you know there will be no changes that team will stay up uh, I think it was Newcastle again or, or was it Worcester Warriors uh, and there will be no promotion to the to the English Premiership so I don't know we've got timings of of how things are uh, uh, released if it was done on purpose who knows um but that kind of really uh lynn took that and created something from that and that created absolute fire in the players and we and we smashed them over two legs then and won and it was it was amazing it was phenomenal but we couldn't go up that 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 was that was that was the scenario um but we enjoyed ourselves and and uh, celebrated and um, but we we were kind of high and then a, a real low because we were like right we can't go up. One of the lucky things that Lena Welsh had at the time um, on the board uh, was he the chief executive or chief financial officer? But yeah, I think it's chief, not the chief executive, but. Uh, head of the board chairman of the board um we we had uh, a gentleman called bladder phillips who was was one of the top leading barristers in central london and he said let me have a little look at the he, he basically said right gonna challenge the rfu and challenge the rfu team to court and, and you know, let me have a look at this case and and, and and we failed the criteria. There's all sorts of criteria, ground space, car park, X, Y, and Z, you know, facilities, medical. There's, there's loads of things. And uh, yeah, you know, we could see from that end, you know, we, we didn't fit the criteria. Uh, apparently, from what I hear, is he was in and out of that court case for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, and they'd, they'd won the hearing. <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, basically, at that time, um, European competition law, European UK competition law, basically said if if you're in this promotion relegation system, if you get promoted, you get promoted. That's that's it. There's no two ways about it. You, you can't block someone. They, they they have to be promoted. So what that meant was we got promoted. Suddenly, I had to find a ground that fit the. Uh, uh, the the criteria which they did have uh, the only one they had Brentford was the initial kind of that that deal fell through and and we found ourselves um, in the Kazam Stadium in in Oxford very very quickly so for the very first time our our and if you've ever been or, or know where London Welsh Rugby Club is but it's in a very beautiful picturesque place a lovely lovely place uh, right opposite um, Kew Gardens the grounds right next to it, the pagoda looking down so it's a lovely place on a sunny day to go watch some rugby and beautiful place we had to leave our kind of our spiritual um our home and 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 move everything up to the kazam and it and it just happened like that overnight it was like right we're in the premiership and we just didn't have the staff 
the equipment, the facilities, and it was like, oh wow, you know, uh, <laughs> just just you know, euphoria, um, and we we were all absolutely over the moon. Um, but then it kind of dimed on us that that we that final was the 30th of may now during that time then you know any other team would be you know would already have recruited like back last january for players for the premiership um we didn't get that court case until i think it was the first of july or something like that uh and the season was starting um first september or second september or something like that and we had this championship side uh and it was like oh sh you know boy could a two um and and everything just it just i i was doing some private practice work at the time and 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 i and, and, and we just had, had to quit everything it just we went into you know full speed uh recruitment medical recruitment and he was uh, and lim was searching the the globe for for players or players that are on the edge of coming back from rehabilitation to have contracts and uh, he managed to secure the, 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 the full front row from, uh, I think it was, the team was called Burgoyne. I think they were in the top 14. They were relegated to the Pro de Turn and all these players left. And he took the entire front row from this this French team and brought them over to uh, to London. Um, uh, and we had to very quickly develop this kind of crack squad of, of, of players, uh, which included a couple of marquee sign-ins, which was my first interactions with with Gavin Henson. So Gavin Henson, um, the Welsh international, um, who had been probably a little bit out of, of the mix for a little while, injuries, various things, and um, he had a, a short spell at Cardiff Blues and a short spell at, you know, in, in Toulon, France, and Saracens, and, and wasn't getting on with everyone. But he, but he him, Gavin and Lynn had, had a really, really tight relationship from their time at the Ospreys when they were the most, you know, successful Welsh region for a, for a good, you know, five or six seasons. Uh, and Lena persuaded him to come and come and join London Welsh. So that was a, that was a real boost for the team and for the players as a, a bit of a playmaker at ten. Um, and 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 that that set us off on a bit of a a wild kind of journey into the premiership which was for me and for i think for everyone it was a bit of a a shock to the system uh we um within the first uh within the first week we had leicester tigers on the sunday we had we didn't have an academy but we still had to provide a game academy players on the monday against wasps and then the following friday night we were harlequins away so we had three games without an academy and a very limited squad is like welcome to the premiership welcome to the <laughs> and um but it was uh yeah it was it was it was i say a a, a a crazy year um really enjoyed it really enjoyed then you know being more interactive with all the kind of heads of medicals around the english premiership um for 24 hours we we somehow we were doing okay we 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 got to sixth place for 24 hours we were me and Lynn were also we, we qualified for champions cup for, for 24 hours uh when we beat sail away on a friday night and um uh uh but yeah 
it, that season wasn't meant to be. We had, we had a good crack, we had good players, we had some good results. We, we, we'd we beaten Bath, we'd beaten Exeter, we, we, we'd won quite a few games and we, we weren't in um, the relegation zone. There was Sale and, and, and Newcastle, there were, uh, Worcester, there were a few teams below us and we were, we were looking to stay up and then as sometimes what happens with these smaller teams or these teams aren't prepared, something, something happens off the field and, and and there was this player called Tyson Keats, who was a, a, a Kiwi, um, and he was registered as a, a connections as, as an English-based player because of uh, uh, his ancestry with, with Canterbury in the UK. And, and it turned out that it wasn't his ancestry wasn't uh, Canterbury UK; it was Canterbury New Zealand. So they docked us ten points. <laughs> And that basically put us bump down into the firing zone, docked a load of money, and um, and and yeah, you know that that was that. Then we uh, we 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 got relegated, and and uh, in the background, I wasn't aware of it, but um, Lynn was looking at other options, and he'd been kind of earmarked by Gwent Dragon, so we left. So I had another year in the in the championship, and and we. We bounced straight back up. We we won and um, was looking to go, you know, have another season in the in the Premiership. Justin Bunnell took over and we maintained a lot of our players in that Championship year. Did well and 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 and, and um, that was the plan. And then Lynn got in contact with me and he said he was making some changes. Would I like to apply for the for the job with the Dragons? So 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 he through that interview process and through his uh, recommendation. Uh, yeah, I managed to move back to Wales and spent um, uh, good, good three and a half years with the Dragons. Then, so that got me into the kind of Welsh regional system. Right. Yeah. And so, what was how long were you the Dragons for? Three and a half years, and then yeah, yeah, three and a half years. And again, it was it's a good. It was a it was a, it was a a really interesting uh, three and a half years. Very different uh, kind of scenarios. No, no promotion or relegation in the Pro 12 at the time. Yes, yeah, before the South African teams joined in the Pro 14, uh, and then obviously into the URC. So um, we we had uh, uh, had some really good successes there. Again, there was Lynn Jones and, and Kingsley Jones were the coaches at the time, um, and we managed at that time uh, again talking about being an underdog, London Welsh was a bit of an underdog, and I always feel like I've been a bit of an underdog and underdog teams. Dragons were a bit of an underdog team they were the, at the time and, and still are, you know, um, seen as the, you know, the the the, the, the least competitive of the, of the bottom Welsh region. Um, so, you know, uh, there was definitely that big underdog fighting spirit and, and, and that's always sat well with me. I've always enjoyed being an underdog and being up against it and going up against Goliaths and and, and, and occasionally getting good results. And it just shows, you know, the power of the underdog. Uh, and Lynn again managed to just raise the morale and, uh, and create a very competitive but enjoyable environment in the Dragons. So I think that was, that was really key when, when you, when you sometimes lose week in week out, and 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 he, and he managed to change that uh, that spirit within the squad. We managed to during the time there, that, you know, the first couple of years. I think we did the double over Leinster one season, 
uh, beat Stade Francais away. With them, we managed to get to two Challenge Cup semi-finals. So there was some big results. Um, and then, um, uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, again, there were changes being made and, 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 and some results didn't go our way and, 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 and Lynn moved on. Um, but we were still, you know, we were just at a strange time. We'd, we'd actually we're still in the, the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup. Um, and um, there was big financial issues at the club. And, and that's when the WIU took over the the, um, the Dragons at that time, around about that, that, that region. And there was a, a, real, real, a real kind of... Uh, change and, and and lots of changes in contracts and stuff like that and unfortunately i i i um um i didn't want to leave but i i, I didn't get to continue it on my role at the dragons that time uh, a lot of the medical team changed a lot of the the coaching changed and so on so there were lots of changes i kind of found myself uh, in the wilderness for a for a year uh moved back to london did some some clinical work um and uh, Lynn um, moved on to, to other projects and, 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 and had a bit of a break. And, 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 and Kingsley Jones, who was the, the other coach at the Dragons, he, he moved on to Canada. And after my first year, um, after leaving the Dragons, I'd, I'd, I'd been back in London and um, Kingsley reached out to me. Uh, Canada was coming on tour to France because they were um, they managed to get to the repercharge stages of the the Rugby World Cup, uh, and the repercharge were the the four kind of runner-up teams in Rugby Europe, Rugby Africa's, Rugby Asia, Rugby Americas would play each other. They're going to be playing each other in France. So in the August. Um, one of Canada's uh, physios went on maternity leave and um, Kingsley looking to try and save a bit of money or use some contacts, he said, well, I've got a physio we can just use for that tour. Uh, I'll reach out to him. And he, and he called me and said, would you like to go to France for three and a half weeks? We're going to play against, I think it was Cast and uh, oh, I who the other team was now. Um, to lose yeah potentially to yeah to lose uh we're going to play some big games um would you like to come on tour and just support the the head physio and that was kind of my little after my year out kind of entry back into it um and i said yeah and i was i was doing that and, and around about the same time bizarrely then i got a call from um a few months earlier i'd heard that and I knew that Lynn Jones had, had got the Russia rugby job, but it was very low key and, um, you know, uh, it was just going to be him and, and then see how they go because they hadn't qualified for Rugby World Cup 2019. And um, so I'm on this tour, uh, I'm coming towards the end of this tour and having a great time, just being back in rugby, working with Canada. Real, it was a real kind of, um, yeah, very grateful for Kingsley to give me that opportunity and just to be back into it. And I thought, you know, I'd really like to be back into this, but there wasn't really any opportunities with, with Canada at the time uh, without having to move, you know, uh, over that time towards the end of the Dragons, start having kids and family and trying to get that balance of life. Uh, there wasn't really that um, 
opportunity to just get up and like I did earlier on my career just leave wherever I was go to London go here go there um so I got a call from Lynn and, and basically what happened um you've got to, to qualify for the world cup in Europe the rugby Europe competition you've got to finish in first second place so this year um go to France Georgia and Romania are going um, and the third place team goes into the repechage um it's very strange I might not get this completely 100% right but um Russia finished fourth and then the second and third place team which was Romania and Spain both got docked 10 points for fielding illegible players uh and overnight and and also some issue with Belgium as well and overnight I think Russia went from fourth or fifth uh, to second and with about one year's notice Lynn was told right you're going to the World Cup with Russia rugby um, but you don't have you need more World Rugby said you need more coaches uh, you need um, a proven SNC that can periodize into uh, a rugby World Cup cycle uh, rugby specific sports physiotherapists, rugby specific analysts, da, 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 da. and if you can't find them, uh, we'll find them for you and we will um, allocate them to you uh, and you need to sort it out in the next, you got given like two weeks or three weeks, something like that. So I get a phone call. Um, do you want to come to the World Cup in Russia? <laughs> in Japan, I was like, so he very much decided you know, obviously he was gonna have his own uh, his own staff and so on and uh, 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 and that's how that came about and uh, you know people say sometimes you know oh you only got that job through through um you know people talk about you know getting jobs through merit or through connections and stuff like that but the the merit and the, the, the there was a connection there but and and and, and you know and he brought me in amongst a few other trusted people but these are all people that he worked with over a good number of years and I, and I think I'd proven myself at London Welsh through a crazy championship and premiership year and, and, and our time at the Dragons um, and that's how some of these opportunities come about so it, uh, I think you and, and it was interesting listening to some of the other podcasts it's 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 you know you've got to have the clinical skills you've got to be able to do your job but the, the key thing is you've got to be able to work with you know all these people in the same environment you've got to get on with these people and make good connections and, and i think um uh again you need to work with with, with good people and we had that that connection and 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 and, and had uh work i've worked with some of these staff previously before so you brought together a team that you knew would you know potentially uh work together really well so then we 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 yeah that's that's when we embarked on a a crazy year into russia yeah what was that uh, like then what was the experience of russia like we were talking earlier on about some of the experiences yeah i keep i think i keep saying whirlwind and and and, and, my, and my and my and my you know my my career has been like that it's there's been these kind of um just moments and key moments and i think you just you know you ever say yes or no you know is it like the old matrix red pill or blue pill isn't it you know which one you decide to take and uh 
almost take the the red pill you know and just say yes let's go for it let's go for it uh, and and again it just you know it was just one of these opportunities to to um to to work with a an international team in a country which knew very little about um that's a lie actually because um I knew a little bit about Russia because actually unknown to you my wife's Russian and we met in university in 2010 uh so uh during my uh master's and my time at London Welsh we we, we met via uh our university degrees and I'd been to Russia several times but the connection with the job had, nothing, had been nothing to do with it it was all through my connection with Lynn Jones who got the head coach job so so I was I was aware of Russia and therefore um uh, to get this international job, which involved a lot of travel, I think my wife was very accepting of it because I was going to, you know, go work for, 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 uh, you know, a country obviously which she's got such close connections to, and 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 it was just, yeah, again, a different world. It was, you know, uh, it's very unfortunate everything that's going on right now in the world, but this was back in 2018, uh, and and we were all welcomed by the players, by the staff, and uh, introduced to some of these, you know, fantastic locations and amazing um, uh, facilities. These sport facilities were second to none, uh, uh, medical facilities. Um, uh, and it was, it was just, again, it was the, I started November, 2018, the, the World Cup was in, uh, yeah, early or mid mid September 2019 so uh, we didn't have long to to repair it was a bit of a whirlwind during my first my first game with with Russia was actually in Kingsholm at Gloucester uh, they actually did Russia versus Japan uh, as like a, a game the exact that was the exact opening game a year out before the for the World Cup and uh, and Russia did well against them and, and and that was kind of my little trial period of the, the, with the team while they were while they were in the UK and I just, you just feel like these, these players were on a journey. They were hungry to learn. The medical team was hungry to learn. And, um, you know, they, they had a lot of sports and training experience and sports medicine experience, um, but they didn't have the rugby experience because rugby wasn't a, a primary sport in Russia at the time. You know, it's probably sixth or seventh or eighth down the list of, 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 of the big sports in Russia. So, they qualified for the World Cup and, and, and World Rugby dumps, you know, uh, a load of money on, onto teams that are, 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 are in development and uh, have qualified for the World Cup to help you support through that process. So, you know, we 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 were able to to travel um, the world after the Rugby Europe tournament against Georgia and all the Spain, Portugal, the other teams. They set up a... a, a a tournament in Argent, uh, a tournament in Argentina and Uruguay, um, where we played against um, played against uh, Argentina, Uruguay, Namibia. Uh, I think it was um, Chile as well. So there was, you know, a lot of things were set up and put in place for us so that we could prepare for the World Cup. Um, we played against Italy and Italy and then before you know it uh, we, we had summer you know training camps uh, high altitude in uh, uh, in Russia uh, you've got the highest 
mountain, which is Elbrus in Russia, and, and we were not far from that. You could see it in the distance. Uh, we were training altitude there, and we have the heat camps in Turkey, and then before you know it, um, you know, we were getting on the plane to the to the World Cup in Japan. Just went like that. It was it was ten months. It was just bump gone, uh, but just yeah, it was it was a remarkable experience and 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 such a a positive experience um and and i think if you've ever if you've ever seen the the film icarus the amazon documentary which i i i saw that uh kind of a few years uh later after starting working in russia and i've never seen the film before but actually the where a lot of those things happened with the 2014 sochi kind of uh um uh, drug scandal with Russia. Um, some of our rugby matches and some of our training facilities would use some of the same facilities uh, during that period. So it's quite bizarre to to see those uh, during the documentary. Think, oh, I've worked in that room. <laughs> I've worked at that stadium. Uh, you know, but again, um, yeah, only positive experiences uh, from from working with those rugby players. They're, they're, they're just rugby players. Rugby players are the same all over the world. You know their mentality and their attitudes. You know they want to play rugby. They want to see the world. Uh, and, and and the Russian rugby players were, were no different really. And um, yeah, before you know it, we we found ourselves you know on on our way to Japan. Uh, and you know, I could say probably. My career highlight today is 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 doing that opening game of the Rugby World Cup in 2019, Japan versus Russia, and you know, again, all these teams that you know you find yourself in these big groups. We had Scotland, Ireland, Samoa, uh, and Japan in the group. You know, you're not expected to to go too far. You're not expected to get past the group stages, and and you know, but. Um, with the boys and the team, they trained really hard. They trained really, really hard. The, the, we were very lucky. We had loads of access to the players, you know, um, before the World Cup. So getting our fitness up to speed and strength and lots of rugby exposure. Um, so they really upskilled in that year. And um, yeah, you know, that opening night, we scored the opening try uh, against Japan, and uh, and it was twelve ten at half time uh, to Japan, and we were we were in the game, and I think we just, you know, Japan went on to do really well in that tournament and uh, and to progress and and put out some major teams, but I think we all the pressure was on them in the first game, and 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 we caught them in the headlights, um, uh, but yeah, you know, they just they just they came alive in the second half, then obviously. Uh, you know, within their own country, I'm sure that the team talk was uh, was something special at halftime, and uh, and and then, yeah, you know, it was it was a brutal tournament. You know, three days later, we're we're playing Samoa. <laughs> it was just big game after big game after big game. You know, Samoa, and then you know we had a bit of a break. Then nine days, and you got to see Japan as an amazing country again. So you had a recent trip to China. I, I love Asia, and I'd love to see China and, and Japan. We were there for you know three and a half weeks. Yeah, coming up close to four weeks, but it, you know you don't have that much downtime or free time. You know, Russia probably had a 
you know a first choice 15 and a, a first choice 23 and, and 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 really they didn't have much depth for the time so they wanted to use the same players all the time so the amount of maintenance the amount of injuries and physio work that we had to do game after game after game you know you get little glimpses and you get the odd day out here and there it's definitely a place i want to go back to but yeah we we a really brutal game against samoa and then nine days later uh ireland and and then uh then the final game against scotland and um again it, it was interesting because um you come across people that you meet across your career so in that the irish uh, one of the physios, Colin Fuller, was 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 someone that I'd met back in 2008-9 uh, when he was the academy physio with with London Irish. Okay, and you know 2019 they were both kind of head physios in our roles in the island, in Russia, and uh, and 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 then yeah, the Scotland game was just one game too far for the Russian lads. It was uh, uh, Scotland had to do some damage if they had any chance of 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 getting into out of the group stages um but unfortunately japan was on fire in the group and and, and did a job on uh island and um uh yeah that was the end of yeah uh so it's, i think yeah japan and island went through in those in, in in those stages then um and that was that that was the end of our our world cup journey but it was it was it was I know I've been talking for ages now and I've just gone on and on. But yeah, that that was um that was probably my yeah, my career highlight, that 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 World mm -hmm. Cup and so on. I, I, if I say if I if that's all I ever end up doing in rugby, I, I, uh, you know, I I I'm happy, you know. I think um I've done a World Cup and I get another opportunity and uh, I will. Um but yeah, that, that that kind of after that World Cup then, you know we got a lot of positive accolades of the kind of fight we put up against some of these teams and we started off 220 you know with a tour to south africa against the sharks uh, in south africa and and then obviously covid hit and i think that just destroyed any momentum that lynn and, and russia uh that we that we had you know that those covid years were just not great and the rules were different in each countries and, and the russians I, I believe really struggled or, or didn't have any limited rules in their in their country they were a bit more like sweden and other countries you know just get on with life um whereas britain was very you know full-on and other countries were very full-on at trying to control it so that so then you know it was quite tough then when those players then wanted to get back into the rugby europe competition and follow those rules just positive tests and all the challenges with you know false positives positive tests and stuff like that just meant there was no continuity in rugby really until the end of 2021 Of, of, of the World Cup, it was very 2021, 2021 was very broken years where not a lot happened. Um, and then, uh, yeah, actually, a lot of the management, Lynn left, a lot of the management left, and different jobs and so on. I was, I was in contract, and I was due to be in contract till November last year, uh, and and we were in. We were, I was a couple of games in with, under a new management, a whole South African management, and I was getting on well with them and Dick Muir and 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 and, and, and there was a few other guys, um, and everything was going well. And um, but after like the second game, we realised because it was the second cycle of the qualification process for the 2023 World Cup, the second game, we we lost 
the the mathematics looked like there was there wasn't really a chance that we were going to qualify for for rugby world cup 2023 so that was a, a bit of a dampener and then to add to that then uh a week later um russia invaded ukraine and we were in camp in turkey at the time and we were just all told just you know there was rumblings in the news but nothing happened and we woke up we were meant to be traveling to georgia the following day for georgia away game which i still never done in all my time there was it was one of the biggest games in the tournament Fifty-five thousand screaming fans georgia's a big rugby country and that's the place to go to uh, within the rugby europe championship the biggest match of on the calendar georgia away and uh uh i never got to do it the first time i went to georgia the game got we arrived in Georgia and the game got cancelled six hours later because of COVID in March 220. So we were there in Georgia for about six hours, game off. And then um, we we're in Turkey camp uh, in Gloria, uh, which is a fantastic sports facility. Again, about to travel the next day to Georgia. And we woke up uh, and, and Russia at 5 a.m. and invaded uh, Ukraine. And the game was cancelled and all air travel flights to Russia were were cancelled and we were all told to to go home and then uh yeah we we all got the letter in the post um thank you for services at that point yeah fifa ioc world rugby everything banned russia from everything and and, and that's led to me being back in the uk that's wow. yeah no, that's that's quite that's my life it's <laughs> quite a journey no 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 well I, I do really it sounds an amazing experience out in russia i really appreciate you sharing all the stories of of going through it all so um yeah that's that that's been really fascinating because i think like the just the experience of working with a smaller nation at those tournaments does give you a different perspective like you mentioned the underdog side of things and it's yeah i we can definitely empathize with, with understanding that but no crystal i really appreciate you sharing your stories today and um i look forward to seeing you at, at future events yeah yeah no i, I i'm 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 at the moment, I'm just working in private practice. I've been doing some um, university uh, lecturing at USW on the BSc Honours in Sports Therapy there. So, you know, um, very interested in that educational element. I've got a young family at the moment, a six-year-old and a 14-month-old, and I, I, I had some opportunities last year, um, which unfortunately I, I decided to me and my family to turn down. There was I, I did following the Russia job very shortly after I got to work with USA Women's and there was the opportunity maybe to uh, they offered me to go to a tour of them in, in May in New Zealand and just I was so tempted because if that had gone well it may have gone to the to the the women's World Cup with them and 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 you know the little girl was um she was a handful compared to our first boy and uh you know not a lot of sleep and a lot of stress and uh and and we just uh yeah, it was a hard decision, but just decided uh, to just spend a bit more time and be, be at home and have a little bit of break from professional rugby, the full on kind of lifestyle. My wife has been a, a rugby wife for a long time. So uh, uh, giving it a bit of a break at the moment and, and, and trying different things. So it's exciting. It's good. I, I've got a six or seven different things going on at the moment. Uh, so spinning plates, but uh, I think I've always enjoyed spinning plates to a degree, even if they break occasionally uh i don't mind that so, yeah so yeah no no great no well it sounds good I, I look forward to watching your next move and um yeah no yeah. Like, again i really appreciate you sharing your stories some really interesting insights there and yeah. uh 
yeah thanks for your time and i'll i'll catch you soon cheers Amy. cheers chris cheers mate